equipping the apostolic saints and and that is very important amen because we are as i was telling the the uh, pi students yesterday we are in a battle amen and so therefore we need to make sure that we have on the whole armor of god and we need to be prepared and i think the more we prepare ourselves and the more we apply ourselves to the things of god we were began to see that the fruit of the spirit grows in us and we will see who God really is trying to perfect us to be. And that's what he wants. See, he wants us to have. You remember Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, he said, The thief came not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. He says, But I am come that you might have life, and that more abundantly. Amen. You know, a more abundant life. Amen. In other words, your life should be overflowing with more than, than what is just promised. <laughs> you know, you should have a whole lot more just flowing out of you, and you know it should just be bubbling over your smile, your happiness, your joy, your love. Every all this stuff should just be bubbling over. You know, like you, you remember the Clampets when when Jed. When you remember back in the sixties when the Beverly Hillbillies first started playing, and you remember what happened? Jed shot, and all this uh, this oil pops up through the ground. And it, Come up a bubbling crew, they call it. Well, you know, that's the way it should be in us, you know. We've been hit by the Holy Ghost. So they should be this overflowing, bubbling of gold. Texas tea. (laughs) Just, just, you know, the things of God. I mean, just rolling out of you. You know that song? It's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling in my soul. I feel it. God's spirit since Jesus baby hold some folks don't understand it, but this one thing I know is bubbling, 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 bubbling. Down in my soul. You remember that song? But that's what you mean. Jesus said in John four, I'll be well in you. Right? So that means it's not gonna run dry. There's no there's no running dry in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. So he should be bubbling up in you. And no matter what comes against us. We got the spirit. You know, you remember when you was used to, in high school? You was a cheerleader. And I know you did pep rallies, right? And you, they would get in before the games. You know, I can remember we used to go to the, the auditorium before the games and all the cheerleaders that would be up there. I've got spirit. Yes, I do. I've got spirit. How about you? You know, and we all come back. I've got the spirit. Yes, I do. I've got the spirit. And it was great. You know, rah, rah, ray, kick him in the knee, rah, rah, red, kick him in the other knee, right? <laughs> you don't remember that one. <laughs> you don't remember that one. But, but pep rallies were designed to edify and to build up and to encourage the team, right? And so that's what it should be in us, you know, to edify and to build up, you know, and to strengthen one another. You know, when you think about the Holy Ghost in you and where we were and what God has did for us, it should cause us to get excited. Amen. As Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 6, 6, he says, stir up the gift that is in you. You know, you know get the cake up, you know, get stirring it around, you know. Watch the cake rise. Have a good kid, right? And, uh, you can smile if you want to. <laughs> this is up to us. You know that. 
You know, it's up to us if I want to like or power. It's, it's totally up to me. You know, you know, sometimes it's just organized. You have to get Stuff, but, but you know, sometimes we do have love spats and stuff, you know. <laughs> and I'm trying to act hard and stuff, and then she all of a sudden she'll look across and she'll get, she'll say something one of those smirks or something, you know. Next thing I know, I find myself laughing. <laughs> you know, I can't stop, you know. And I find myself starting to laugh. And so I just have to get up and walk across the room and hug her. So, and that's the way it should be, you know. <laughs> We should be excited. How did I get on all that? Okay. <laughs> we're talking, <laughs> bubbling, right? Amen. All right. We're, we, we've been talking about the epistle of 1 John. We've been in 1 John. And John is trying to enlighten us again and to bring us to this point that we really get to know who we are in Jesus Christ. And he's trying to show the church, amen, look, you know, there's certain things that you should know. And I want to start in verse 7 there in Second John, I mean, First John chapter 2. I think we're about somewhere in there, you know. So in the seventh verse of First John chapter 2, John is saying that, you know, an old commandment is, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to, brethren, I write not to you a new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you had had from the beginning. And see, the old commandment is the word of God, which you have heard from the beginning. John says, I'm not writing anything that you don't already know. See, one of the things about history is we ever so often, we need to stop and ask ourselves, how did I get here? Where did I come from? How did I get in the church? What is the church all about? Where did it happen? How did it, you know, every now and then I like to go all the way back to the start. You know, and just spend some time in Genesis. You know, digging into Genesis, unfolding some things out of Genesis. You know, walking through the law and and seeing where we came from. See, because if we forget history, then we don't have any reason to want to continue Per se, if we, if we lose history, we're not going to know how we got here. Right. You know, one generation, the Bible says, in Psalms, I think it's 145, maybe verse 2, I think somewhere in there. But you guys can look it up. But it says that one generation shall declare the next generations the glory of the Lord. So we have to make sure that we teach history where we came from. That was why uh, Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6, he says, When you come into the land which God swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he says, don't forget God. You need to teach this stuff to your children. Tell them where they came from. Apostolic history should be something that we're all teaching our children so that they know. Where where did you come from? Why are we in this church? Why are we living like this? Why do we baptize? You know, why do we do these things? That's history you've got to teach. Amen. The world is trying to tear it down. They're trying to remove statues. They're trying to remove everything that deal with history. But we must always hold on to history. So John says, I'm not writing a new commandment to you because it's the word of God. You already know it. Say, he says, you know, it was from the beginning. 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Thou shalt love thy brother as thyself. He says these things should automatically be there. You should continue to do these things and never let them go. He goes on in verse 8, he says, and a new commandment, you know, he says here again, a new commandment I write to you, which things is true in him and in you. See, the truth is in you. If Christ is in you, the truth is in you. Notice what he says here, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. See, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's known some dark times. It was like 400 years, they say, that they did not hear from God. Now, think about it. That would be a pretty dark time, wouldn't it? Now, Amos had already prophesied. The Lord told Amos in Amos 8, he said, there was going to come a time, not a famine of bread, but a famine for the Word of God. Can you imagine 400 years not hearing from God? That would be some tough, man, I cannot fathom that, you know, not being able to hear from God. But now the darkness is past, James said, John says, and the new day is a new day, a new dawning. Amen. The light now shines because when Jesus came, amen, he is the light of the world. Amen. Jesus says in John eight twelve, he that followed me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. We have this light in us. He's around us. That's why Micah would say in Micah 7, 8, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light around about me. Paul would write to the church at Thessalonica and 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. He says, You're not the children of the night, but you are the children of the day. Amen. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And so we are to be in him. This new commandment is nothing new. He's just brushing the dust off. <laughs> he says the new commandment is, is, is the old commandment, which is the word of God. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You need to love your brother. You need to love your sister. Amen. With all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Same way you love God. Paul says no man ever hated his own self, but he nurtures it. He takes care of it. See, God is love. And so, therefore, if God is love and I say he's in me, this is what John is saying. If I say God is in me and I don't love my brother, he says, you're telling a lie. He says, because God is there. And if God is there... The attributes of God, the nature of God, the things of God, that God walked. Remember we talked about how did God walk? We should walk in the same way, in the same light. This is why Paul says, this I say then, you walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, if I walk according to God's word and what God is telling me to do in his word, I'm going to accomplish what God is trying to do in my life. And sometimes it's not going to make sense, but I have to be the bigger of the two. You know, I'm not going to say anything to them. They've been mean to me. They treated me nasty. They treated me dirty. They said all kinds of evil falsely against me. Didn't Jesus tell you they was going to do that? Why are you surprised? <laughs> you know, don't be surprised 
when all evil comes against you. Rejoice. Because they did it to the prophets before you. There is a new day. This is what he's trying to get you to see. It ain't the old way. The commandment to love did not change. In every dispensation, it was all about love. You know the seven dispensations, right? Innocent, you know, conscience. Come on. Huh? Human government. Come on. Promise. Come on. <laughs> what is it? The law. Now we're in grace. <laughs> Again, then the seventh one, the next one will be the millennial reign. Okay. So you got them, right? Innocent. Conscience. Okay. Human government. Promise. Law. Grace. And millennial reign. Okay. Now, now your homework this week is to study when they each one in. All right. <laughs> okay. But in every dispensation, it was all about love. Amen. You, you, you see God operated in all of it about love. So John is saying, I'm not going to write you a new commandment because the commandment is the word of God. Because in the beginning was the word. <laughs> and the word was with God. And the word was God. Psalms 138 verse 2, he has exalted his word above his name. See, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. See, thy word have I hidden my heart so that I will not sin against thee. So John is trying to get us to see here the value and the importance of the word of God. It's a new day. Say, now notice what Paul writing to the church at Colossus. I mean, not Colossus, but Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. Second Corinthians four, three and four. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? Lost. Wait a minute. Are you lost or are you saved? By grace are you saved, right? And we're not in the dispensation of grace. <laughs> okay, so if this gospel is hid, if the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is gospel, is hid, we're lost. And whom, verse 4, the God of this world is did what? Blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. See? So if the gospel is hid, they're lost. They're still blind. But John says, hey, it's a new day. It's a new day for us. We should be able to see clearly what the Lord is doing in these last days. Amen. The darkness is now past. And so we got to make sure that we walk in the light. 
so we don't stumble, so that we don't fall. It is a new day. So John says, I want you to stay in the light because if you walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, I've got to stay in the light. I've got to stay close to him. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Amen. So we, we've got to make sure that we are following the word of God. Amen. The word of God will lead us. The word of God will guide us. It will show us the things that we need to know. So John says, I'm not going to write you a new commandment. I'm just telling you what the word was from the beginning so that you will know what you need to do. Amen. So we have to walk according to his word. Amen. Verse 9. In Second John, amen. He that saith he is in the light and hated his brother is still in darkness. See? Because hate did not come with the Holy Ghost. See, we, we have to realize, I'm going back to a new day. <laughs> The new day now dawns in your life. You're not the same old person. Amen. Verse 9, second, verse John 2, 9. We, we, we are not the same old people anymore. Remember in Romans 6, what does Paul say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. No, you're not. There's so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ. We was baptized into his death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. He walked in the Spirit. We've got to walk in the Spirit. He's in us. See, my my outlook has to be totally different. It's a new day for me now. The old man is gone. I can't say I hate you anymore. <laughs> I got to operate in love because God is love. In verse 10, John says, he that loveth his brother, where am I at? I'm in the light. And there's no occasions of stumbling in me. I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to trip. Because I'm walking in the light. But if I hate you, you know what? I'm going to fall. I'm going to trip every time. I'm I'm, there's going to be some stumbling going on. I'm going to fall all over myself. Might fall over you. You know? But if I'm in the light, I can see. I can do what God is trying to lead me and show me to do. So I don't fall here. So John says, he that saith he's in the light and hate his brother, he says, no, you're still in darkness. That's why James would write in the epistle, in, in James chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, if you want to go there real quick, and then we'll swing back real quick here. James chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. James says, if you fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, 
that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, what happened? You're doing pretty good. <laughs> you're, you're pretty well off. You're doing good. Notice. He, why did he call it a royal law? Huh? It's one of the commandments. Is 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 it come from God? Is is royal, man? You, it's got a whole lot of power behind it. It's valuable. So he says, if you fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, you're doing well. Verse nine. But what those conjunctions will get you every time, don't they? <laughs> You know, you'll be reading along, and then all of a sudden, you hear, and, but, or, neither, nor. <laughs> you, know, you know, they just jump out and bite you, man. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. And the way of a transgressor, according to Proverbs, is hard. Sinning is hard, man. It ain't easy. <laughs> Don't let those people out there to sin and make you think it's fun. It's hard to be a sinner. I've been there. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's not. I say again. Yeah, yeah. You know, until you start seeing all the problems that comes with it, man, you you, you realize. So, so John is trying to get us to see. Look, it's a new day. The light is in you. The light now shining bright. So we are supposed to be able to see where we're going and what we're doing. See, we are to be able to see what's wrong versus what is right. The spirit came with discernment. It come with discretion. We should be able to see these things that are wrong. And to realize that God, at John 3.16, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? So if God so loved the world, what does John said, We ought to love one another too. We'll get to that scripture later on here in the fourth chapter. So he says, you know, we're, we're not in darkness. It's a new day now. But if we don't love our brother, we're still walking in Darkness, and if we're there's no occasion of stumbling if we walk in the light. Now, verse 11 But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth because the darkness have blinded his eyes. See, he says, You don't know where you're going. He says, So the darkness is blinding your eyes, you can't see where you're headed. You know, that's why Jesus says if the blind lead the blind, they both are fall in the ditch. You know, in one passage, he said, leave them alone. They're blind leading the blind. You know, and so we want to make sure here that we're walking in the light. So we're not grumbling at the wall, <laughs> you know, trying to find your way. You should be able to see where you're going, not stumble all over stuff. Okay? Verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. 
I write unto you, fathers, because you know, have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abide in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Notice, it's for every occasion and every age and every life. It's not going to change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He says, For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all that are afar off, even the ministers of the Lord our God shall call. See, so every age and every generation is the same. It's not going to change. You've got to love. If not, you're going to walk in darkness. That's why I said every dispensation was all about love. When God asked Cain, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? You know? Yes. <laughs> you know? You know, you, you got to look where it's all, all at here. So God wants us to realize that this is for every generation. He says, I'm writing unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. If my sins are forgiven, then I should be in the light. If I know him, I should be in the light. If I'm strong, that means I'm in the light. Photosensors give those plants what? Strength to stand up. Right? Come on, the sun shine, the plant goes whoop. Used like a tree planted by the rivers of water, right? Bring we'll talk about that later. Amen. <laughs> but notice here, amen. See, so we've, we've got to learn how to love one another. You know, the story, when you look at Miriam and, and, and uh, Aaron, when they spoke out against Moses, you know, God smoked Miriam with leprosy, right? He should probably hit Aaron, too, you know, but <laughs> I always wonder why he never smoked, smoked Aaron, too, you know. But what, what was the, the commonality here? They should have been loving their brother. They were speaking out against their brother. See? And what happened? Now, stop and look what happened in that picture when you're studying it, when you're reading through this year. You know, notice, they couldn't move for seven days because of Miriam and Aaron. Yeah. And God was getting ready to take her out if it hadn't been for Moses. Moses got in the gap. That's why you hear me say this thing about the child you save and somebody saves you. 
you know, because Miriam, you know, she followed the ark, you know, and got her, her mother to take care of Moses when he was a kid, you know. If she followed the ark, make sure nothing happened to it, you know. And now, when God was getting ready to smack Miriam and take her out, Moses got in the gap, you know. And God says, okay, you know, she should, you know, seven days out the camp. And they couldn't move for seven days, you know. Her actions hinder the church from moving. If we don't love the way God wants us to love, we can hinder the church from moving. So we have to be aware of that. You know, and we hear the story of Isaiah 6, you know, in the year King Josiah died. You know, he said, I saw the Lord lifting up. You know, and Isaiah realized, man, I need to be clean. <laughs> you know, so when Isaiah gets the light, he sees the Lord, you know. His eyes are open, you know, and then what? He's involved. He says, here, my Lord, send me. I'll go. I'll preach. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know? And it is amazing, man, when you read Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, man, he talks more about God than any other prophet. He opens our understanding to the oneness of God more than any other prophet in the scriptures. You know, and all happened at a funeral. <laughs> Think about it. Because you know, he says in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, you know. Here he is at a funeral, man, and his eyes get open. You know, I guess that's why the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it's better to go to a funeral than to go to a party, right? Because <laughs> you see, you know, yeah, I'm going this way. <laughs> you know, I don't know my time. I don't know when it's my time, so I need to, to be ready. Think about Paul, you know, on the road to Damascus, you know. What happened to Paul? He gets knocked off his horse. You know, he's blinded. And he says, who art thou, Lord? I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus. He says, what would you have me to do? He says, okay, get up, go down to this street called Straight. And it'll be told you what you need to do. Paul goes down. Ananias goes down. You know the story. He goes down, prays for him. He receives his sight. And immediately, he starts preaching Jesus. Notice. He went from darkness to light. And when you come into the light, you stay in the light. You don't go back to the darkness. You keep walking in the light so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So John says, I'm not writing to you because you don't know. It's like I'm standing here. I'm not teaching to you because you don't know. <laughs> you know the truth. Because you've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been filled with the Spirit. So you know the truth. See? And so it's now imperative that we walk in that truth. And do what that word says us. We have to be the bigger of the two. And we've got to go out of our way to make sure that we're doing what he's asking of us to do. It don't make sense sometimes, but... His ways are not my ways, and his thoughts are not my thoughts. They're much higher. See? So we follow his ways here. Amen. We're the children of the day. Amen. Going on here in First John chapter 2, now John drops down here. He says, verse 15, 
Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abide it forever. See? So you tell us not to love the world. Where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Hmm? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See? So John says, don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. See, we know that this place is what? Pass away. You know, I get a wake-up call every time there's a storm, every time there's a fire. You know, people lose their homes, people lose their possessions. You know, it, it just we're kind of ripped my heart, you know. And I said to myself, and I think, what in the world would I do if I lost my possessions? You know, so I, I try to keep my focus on God because I know it can rip hearts, and you know, and it, and it, and it does. And so and I think that's what God is trying to get us to see: is don't put your stock in the world, because it can be here this moment and gone the next. Jesus says, set your treasures where you're going, in heaven, where neither rust and moth corrupt and thieves break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. Say, and that's where I want to, I, I don't want to be shaken if I lose it all. You know, it, it, it's, it's something, you know. I got a call last week, my brother in North Carolina, one of my brothers, is, is their home burned down. You know, and, and I went, whoa. It was kind of like a shocker, you know. And, you know, he's like 80 years old, you know, and he loses his home, he loses possession, you know. It's like, wow, you know. So, and I think about those kind of things. What would I do? And that's why I like the story of Job. And that's why Job is kind of like a story to show us the value of not putting your stake in the world. You know, yes, you can have all this stuff, but don't don't let it consume you. Don't let it take your heart away from God. Notice with Job, you know, you, you look at Job, he was classified probably as the richest man in the earth probably at the time. He had a lot. But what did he do every day? He got up, he sacrificed, he prayed. He kept his priorities in line. And when all of the stuff he had was gone just like that, what did Job do? He could still worship God. It did not shake him from worshiping God. He still says, the Lord gave and the Lord take it away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He kept praising God. He kept worshiping God. So that scripture with Job and this scripture in John, don't love the world because it can be gone. Just like this in a moment. See, when Job lost it all, you know, 
This story is so unique, you know, to help us to have this understanding of the things of this world. They're temporal. They're not going to last. You know, I think about the first time I broke my first car, man. <laughs> you know, out there every day, washing and waxing and shining. And then all of a sudden, man, the guy ran into me. You know? Just like that, you know? Run your whole day, right? <laughs> you know, you think about it. It's temporal. But the things of God is eternal. You know, and Peter has already told us that the heavens and the earth, which are now, what's going to happen? They're going to melt with fervent heat. And we burn up. You know, so why should I put my stakes down here? I want to set my goals there, where I'm going. Say, I can't allow the world to consume me, and 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 I get so attached to it that I can't let it go. Because if I put my heart and my trust in the world, guess what? I'm probably going to start walking in darkness. Instead of in the light. See, I got to stay in the light. So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, but all that is in the world. The lust, you know, the wants of the world instead of the needs of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We have to insulate ourselves from the world. You know, we, 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 you ain't going nowhere. You're going to live here until Jesus comes. So you have to be wise in how to use the things here so that you're not being attached to it. The way it steals your joy, it steals your time, you know, and you're not able to accomplish what God desire to accomplish through you. So love not the world. Paul right into the church at Rome in Romans 7, 7, he says, I didn't even know that lust was a sin. Until I read in the law, thou shalt not covet it. See? And Paul would later write in, in the church, you know, in Timothy, he would tell Timothy that the love of money is what? It's the root of all evil. While some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See? Don't let money control you. You know, don't let it control your life. Because if you let money control you, you know what's going to happen? You're going to walk in darkness. I'm not saying you can't have money. Don't say it. Don't think I'm saying that. Notice what the scripture says. Love of. See, when something, love you love something, it's going to consume you. See? It'll consume you. See? So make sure that you're being consumed by the right things. I'm not writing a new commandment to you. <laughs> it's the old stuff. Uh, it's been written 2,000 years ago. You know? To get us to see here what God is trying to show us. The world is going to pass away. 
When is it going to pass away? I don't have a clue. It passed away for somebody today. <laughs> yeah, they didn't wake up today. I just hope they were ready. Verse 18, little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist should come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Think about all the people that's against God today. All the people that's against church. All the people that are starting all of a sudden to show their heads up against religion. Universities that don't want you to pray. Schools that don't want you to pray. You know, businesses. All kinds of stuff. That's anti-Christ. You know, they're there. They're there. They're, they're there. They're already in the world. See? And so we need to be aware. Paul tells Timothy in First Timothy chapter 4, he said, this know all the, so, I mean, chapter 3, that, you know, in the last days, perilous times are going to come. You know, in First Timothy chapter 4, he said, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. See, there's a lot of doctrines that are running rampant out here. But you know the truth. You know the truth. And so, therefore, there's no need to tell you over and over again. You've been taught, John says, to love one another. You've been taught to live according to the Word of God so that you are ready for the coming of the Lord. Don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. But if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And the world is going to pass away. We walk in the light as He's in the light. Amen. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they'd been with us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not of us. Sound like an oxymoron there. But amen. But notice what John says. If you say you're in the truth and then you go in the world, he says, "Uh uh-uh. You're not of us. He says, because if you're of us, you'd have stayed with us. You don't come in and then go out. (laughs) I know the scripture says you can come in and go out and find pasture, right? (laughs) But no, you stay in the truth. You stay in the light. So you don't stumble. You don't follow signs. Signs follows us. You get people running out those signs and, oh, they're having good church over there. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, you know what? That's sign following. Are you walking in the light? God knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. That's why he's already given you a promise. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. He makes all things beautiful in his time. So John says, hey, they went out. He's talking about the Antichrist, those that are against Christ. He says, if they'd have been with us, 
They just stayed with this. He says, but now they've gone, you know, that they might be manifest that they were not with us. God has a way of cleaning his house. That's why Psalms 1 says the unrighteous shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. When it gets hot, fire always burns chaff out. (laughs) Amen. Verse 20. But you have an unction from the Holy Ghost and you know all things. You know all things. You know all things from the beginning. That's what John is saying. You know that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was dark and void. You know the children of Israel was led out. God in his time. You know those old stories. The history. Is there to give you light, to see, show you what God is, can do and what God will do, and that God will fulfill his promise. You don't have to worry. Fret not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You got this unction, this anointing from the Holy Ghost. I'll be in you, Jesus says. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. You know all things. Verse 21, I have not written unto you. Now notice, he takes you right back to the beginning. He says, I did not written to you because you don't know the truth. He says, I'm writing to you because you know the truth and that there's no lie in the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denied Jesus Christ is the Christ. He is the Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. See, I'm not writing to you because you don't know the truth. Jesus Christ had already said what? I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you have known me, Jesus says, you should have known my Father also. Henceforth you know him and you have seen him. Philip says, Lord, we don't know him and how can we know him? Jesus says, have I been so long with you, Philip? And knowest thou not me? He that has seen me have seen the Father. And how says, show is the Father. Believe me not that the Father is in me and I in him. Or believe me for the very work's sake. You know the truth. You know this is true. Amen. Stay in the light. Stay in the truth. Amen. Because it is him. It's all about him. It is Jesus in us. The hope of glory. Amen. So I'm not writing to you. I'm not teaching you because you don't know the truth. You know it. And in him is no darkness. And we walk. It's a new day. It's dawned. Amen. So we stay in the light. We stay on the history path. Amen. So that we make it 
to the other side. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm not sorry.